Housemate actually is a violent psychopath. Bit of a long one, but here it goes. So about six years ago, me and my boyfriend lived in a shared house in the UK. It was three stories high. We were on the top floor in a double room with a sofa in the room and in suit. And we also had a small area with a kettle or fridge or microwave so we could prepare snacks and small meals up there and a Juliet balcony that overlooked the garden. The middle floor had one large and one medium room and the bathroom. Downstairs was a large bedroom and toilet and the communal kitchen with the washer and dryer and a small patio garden. Generally, the people that lived there were younger professional people, say age 20-30 years old, usually couples in the large rooms. Everyone there was friendly and laid back, some issues with it being a bit dirty, but we would all chat together and it was all reasonably cool. The landlady initially used a letting agent to advertise and manage the property, but then they said that they would start charging her the fees as opposed to the tenants. She was stingy, so decided to advertise it herself, I assume on sites like Craigslist or Spearum. So when a smaller room on the middle floor became available, that was the first one she rented out without doing the proper background checks. The first dude she got was a laid-back, quiet Jamaican guy. He was only there for about a month and skipped out without paying her rent. The second man she got to rent the room was in his 50s, bald, short, and fat, and his name was Al. The landlady let us know that he was moving in via email, as she did with any new tenants. So he moved in one day when I was at work. I got home at about 7, and he was standing in the kitchen with all of the lights off. Bear in mind, this was England in the winter, and it was already dark. I almost shit myself when I walked in, and he was just stood there. I introduced myself and got an off vibe from him. His voice was completely monotone, and he did not blink once in the two-minute interaction, I kid you not. It unnerved me so much that I had a microwave meal instead of standing and cooking in the kitchen with him there. The next morning at about 5.30, me and my boyfriend were asleep in bed as were all other tenants, and we heard a blood-curdling scream, followed by cunts, you bastards have stole my sock. Then the sound of him stomping up and down the stairs, and a massive bang and a crash come from the kitchen. The banging and incoherent shouting and ranting continued for about ten minutes, then he returned to his bedroom and the door clicked locked. When it was time for us all to get up, all of the other housemates, two other couples, were creeping around quietly, and we discovered that he had smashed the doors off all the kitchen cupboards. We called the landlady and told her what happened, and she said she would sort it out and send the maintenance guy over to see the damage. We all then went off to work, and later that day we got an email from the landlady saying that he wasn't going to be living there anymore, and would be out by the end of the week. When talking to the other tenants in passing, we were all relieved that he was going. However, he did not leave. The dude didn't come out of his room for about four days apart from to use the bathroom and to grab a few bits of food from the kitchen. I saw him when I was in the garden smoking a few times. The landlady then rescinded her last email, saying that he had nowhere else to go so would now be staying. Great. She also said that he was going to apologize, and that made it all better. He shuffled on up to all of our rooms, did a weird apology where he only looked at my feet, and again didn't blink at all. Over the next few months, Al was so creepy. He would corner you and always make really creepy remarks and jokes, and always would over-reveal weird things about him, 
randomly talking about his foot fetish and how he had never had a proper girlfriend to sexually explore with, and would come and sit with me and my boyfriend if we were sat together outside, sitting overly close. You would also hear him creeping around constantly. He would sneak up the stairs to our top floor, stand at the door, then creep back down. If we would order takeaway, we would have to wait outside for it, as there were several occasions when he would take people's food and it would be touched. The girl from the downstairs room next to the kitchen said that he would loudly masturbate in the downstairs toilet next to her room and then leave jizz in the sink. However, he still refused to leave and the landlady started the process for an eviction. Then came a day in April when it was nice and sunny. Me and the boyfriend had both got the day off and were watching TV with the balcony doors open. The neighbors were Polish family and were doing some DIY in their house, I think making some shelves for a bedroom, as you could see them sawing in the garden and hear some drilling and hammering in the house. This went on for about 30 minutes and we could hear Al shouting downstairs in his bedroom. Shut up, shut up, I'm trying to sleep, I hate you, and other general ramblings. We then heard his door slam, so I immediately got up to lock our door. Next thing you know, he was in the garden with one of my huge kitchen knives, trying to hack through the fence and screaming, You polish CNTS, I'm going to slit your throats and make your kids watch. I'm going to cut of your wife's head. I genuinely believed that he would stab these people if he could. I called the police while my boyfriend recorded him on the iPad. After about two minutes of this, he threw the knife on the floor and stormed into the house and locked himself in his room. The police arrived about five minutes later and the man from the couple downstairs let them in. They went up to his room and arrested him and he started screaming and raving that it was a conspiracy, that we were all out to get him and that he would kill us if he ever saw us again. He was remanded into custody for eight months before his trial went to court, because apparently he constantly tried to attack the custody officer and shat everywhere. I found this out when I went to give evidence at his trial, but it didn't take place as his legal funding had been withdrawn. I'm so relieved that I didn't have to see him in the courtroom and hope I never see him again. this happened to me while I was living in a university town. I had only a semester left while my friends had two semesters left in school, so I rented a room in house with two guys I found on Craigslist. I know that sounds creepy, but that's not the creepy part. I went for a run one morning, came back to my house, and hopped in the shower. With shampoo in my hair, I heard banging noises coming from the front door. I figured that my two roommates, who were friends with each other, had friends coming over and didn't think anything of it at first. I continued my shower, but the banging didn't stop. It continued to get louder. I started to hurry things along and started to become concerned. By the end of my shower, I heard a big crashing sound. Quickly toweling myself off to go investigate, the door to my bathroom opened. In the doorway was a man I had never seen before. He was looking my naked body up and down while I desperately covered myself up. I asked the only question that came to mind, who are you? He didn't answer. He continued to look at me like I was a piece of meat. I asked the next most logical question, are you here by yourself? Another man silently peeked his head from around the corner of the hallway. The first man told me to get on the ground. I said no, and he hit me open-palmed in the face. He then said, bitch, do you want to die? I had never been hit before. 
During the recoil, after his hand connected with my face, time had slowed down. During that split second, I experienced the most intense fear in not knowing what to do next. Not knowing what to do to safely get myself out of this situation. Where were my roommates? I was in this alone. I must act alone. My cell phone was in my bedroom. My only plan was to get out of the bathroom to get my phone. I tried leaving the bathroom and this is where my memory fades and has only been filled in with what others told me. My roommates were home. They came out of their rooms when they heard me screaming, no, no, no. The first man had his arms around my waist from behind. When the man saw my roommates, he let go of me. The man demanded that my roommates give back his money. My roommates told the man, we don't have your money. The two men left out the front door. This is where my memory begins again. I fell to the ground sobbing uncontrollably. My memory of this is actually from above, looking down at myself like a bird's eye view. My face into floor, curled up like a bug. Once I regained control of my body, I went into my room and called my mom. I could barely get the story out to her by the time the police came. I had to throw on some clothes and talk to them outside. The banging and crashing noises were the two men kicking the original 1920s door in half to gain entry. It only took them a few minutes. I told the police what I remembered which was minimal. They took DNA from face and fingerprints from my bathroom door. The police said they would do their best, but it was the 50th home invasion that day. It wasn't even noon. Now, ten years later, this is still difficult for me to talk about. Memories of this day have come back to me like a bolt of lightning throughout the years. Some are still buried. For example, it took me seven years to remember I went running that day, the reason I was in the shower to begin with. About ten years ago, I was young, naive, and living on my own for the first time. I was also about half a planet away from my family. I was thinking of using this as inspo for a horror story, but have no solid ideas where to take it just yet, so reckoned I'd just put the experience up here. Anyway, I was looking for a room, small flat, something to rent, as I was moving out of my uni dorm. I wasn't super picky, I just wanted somewhere where I could have alone time, that was close-ish to the campus and work, and where I could have a cat. The last bit, pet friendly, made me have to broaden my standards a bit. I went to a lot of unique homes in this search, from a share house with someone who stared weirdly at me and offered to treat me on first meeting with Reiki to a house filled with about 30 stone people and no drawers for some reason. The weirdest though was this one guy. I found the listing on Craigslist. Young naive as I was, I was only a bitty at wary when he said the place was hard to find, so he'd meet me at this cross street and show me where the place was. For smarter people, big red flag number one. I did, at least, start to really clue in with big red flag number two. When I met him in the evening on this cross street, he stank of stale wine. And he seemed just off. The shifty I think, the smile that takes a second longer than it should to appear. I tried to put it down to a bit of social anxiety or something, hoping for the best. Because, by the time I was really getting cold feet, we were on that cross street and a bus had pulled up. We've got to take the bus, he tells me, to get to his place. Here was me thinking it was just a short walk from the cross street. Nope, now it's a bus journey. Not knowing what to do, I get onto the bus. At least there are other people on it, right? 
and I'm a big girl. I've got my big girl heels on. I'm living on my own. And nothing bad happened to me any of the times I'd walked through the part of town with a lot of homeless people at night or at any of the other houses. My wariness was just me being a wuss. We make small talk. He stinks of stale wine. He's acting delayed and nervous, but he's shorter than me at least. The house is in a great area. He's telling me. It's a basement flat, but it's so accessible by public transport. Where do I go to school? Where do I work? That sort of small talk. I think I avoided telling him too much, but honestly don't remember. We get to a stop, and he hustles us off. The house is a bit of a walk along a dark street. The house itself is nice, clapboard, big, with a separate basement entrance. From what I can tell, no one else is around, but there are lights on in the upstairs part of the house. The door to the basement flat leads straight into a kitchen-living-room combo. It's old. There's stains on the walls and the ragged carpet. Grime caked in all corners. The only furniture, beside basic kitchen stuff, is a dirty mattress or futon on the floor and a TV also on the floor. It's a nope. If it wasn't before, it really was a big nope by then. But this dude's got my elbow. I'm smiling and nodding as he leads me on the tour. He's telling me about the other guy who lives here. Med student, he tells me. This med student is there in his room. He won't bother us. He doesn't come out of his room. Almost never does he come out. The dude laughs awkwardly. Really, he just about never comes out. Don't know what he does in there. Mr. Stale Wine Stink leads me down a corridor as shitty as the living room. That's his room, the med students. The door is shut. But the med student, Stale Wine assures me, is really in there. But he won't come out almost never does. I hear absolutely nothing from this med student room. It's silent. I get shown the grotty bathroom at the end of the corridor, and then, smiling and nodding, I start easing back to the living room. I'll think about it, oh, absolutely, yeah, I'm telling him. I just told some other people I was going to look at their places to make sure I check out enough to make a decision, you know. He just wants to keep chatting. That awkward, nervous smile, always appearing a moment later than it should. I've got no idea whether I should just make a break for it or what. Then there's a knock on the front door. It's the lady who owns the house and lives upstairs, I gather. She wants to talk about rents or something. Mr. Stale Wine grabs her by the arm and yanks her aside like he doesn't want me hearing what she's got to say. Which meant he left the door open and I skedaddled. He called after me. I just ran. Wasn't sure where I was and wasn't looking back. Eventually found a train station after pounding up my feet running in those heels. Really should have called the cops for that woman or done something there. I gotta hope she's okay. I didn't know the house address, if that's any excuse for not doing so, and it was before ubiquitous access to Google Maps on every phone. So once I was away, and just tagging along big roads looking for a train station, I had no idea where the house was. Never heard back from the guy either. This was Vancouver, so if this fits some M.O. of a killer or similar back then, um, maybe let me know. I guess if he was and wasn't caught I might be able to provide some info. But man, and this is where I think I'd take my horror story, what the hell was in that room. I was living in an apartment in the Midwest, alone like I like it. 
I, however, was about to make the move to the East Coast to share a place with someone I liked enough not a lover to sacrifice my love of solitude for okay. I don't necessarily love it. I just love doing what I want, now matter how disgraceful, without the inevitable judgment of another's presence. Also, the prospect of splitting rent was seemingly appealing at the time. But that's another story. So, I utilized Craigslist to get the lease out of my hands as that was the deal I had with my landlord. Leave only after searching and finding someone to live in my apartment after me. This person would then go through the same process I did for approval. I'm not sure if this is how it's always done with apartments, but I found it to be fair enough. Lots of women came through. One young woman came through who fell in love with it. She had been a singer in her youth, she was still young. We both were I couldn't help but wishing we had been friends. But I was living. And strangely enough I was going to the place she grew up. Something about her, I was drawn to. Her name was Emma. Now I sound like the creep. I digress. I got an email from a young man around college age who said he had multiple roommates and wanted to live in the isolating solitude of a high-rise studio. Great. While I'm writing and remembering him, I'm realizing that he is definitely on Reddit and may see this. Awkward. Oh well. I forgot his name, but the one he gave me probably a moniker was unique so I'd withhold it even if I remembered it. I guess I just wanted to for my own sake. So I go into the closet which is a walk-in off the living room or bedroom area. I call out to him, either in response to a question he had asked or to let him know something. As I'm mid-answer or remark, I step into the living area. I have a table and chair set up with a laundry bin behind it. I kind of tucked it away knowing people would be coming through, but I didn't consider hiding it because boundaries are usually enough to keep us from peering into unnecessary items. I mean it was a studio so personal items, including my bed, were out and most people didn't make this fact uncomfortable. Now, though as my own sense of boundaries has increased, I'd probably hide away any and all items that are more personal like laundry. So as I walk out, he is hovering over the mesh basket with a pair of my panties in his hand. He drops them immediately and my eyebrows scrunch in a quick, that was weird, what are you doing, kind of way. I looked away and walked fast, near the door then faced him and pretended like nothing happened. I'm sorry, I didn't know what to do. My reaction didn't match the inappropriateness of what he was doing. That's what I did though. He too acted like nothing happened and began to walk towards the door. He word stumbled about liking the apartment and giving me a call if his parents agreed to co-sign. I was glad to have him out. I assume he had no interest in the apartment, but maybe he just saw an opportunity. So weird, I felt violated when he left. I was in college, and my junker car died. The engine would need to be rebuilt, along with some other car issues I didn't really understand and I didn't have the money to fix it. I saw an ad looking for a fixer-upper that this guy could work on with his son. Cool. I sent an email to him saying that I had a car if he wanted to check it out, and he was interested. The next evening, he came by with his wife to look at the car. My daughter was playing with her toys on the porch of the little apartment I was renting. I told him everything I knew about the car, explained that he'd have to tow it out because it doesn't start anymore, and he seemed really interested. His wife didn't say much. He told me they had to talk about it and would get back to me. 
The next morning, I checked my email and saw one from the guy. He wanted to buy the car and would give me exactly what I asked for it. He'd be by later. Cool, that worked for me. But then, during my lunch break, I got another email. After meeting you and your daughter, I was hoping you'd look at my Craigslist ad link below and consider this proposition. Not sure if you have a boyfriend or not, but I'd certainly like you to consider having this type of discreet relationship with me. I can help cover bills, etc. If you'd share a bit of time with me. If you're interested, please respond and let's meet to discuss. If not, no offense intended, and if I don't hear back from you, I'll take that to mean you're just not interested. The link was to a CL ad for a sugar baby. I didn't respond. I mean, he even said if I didn't respond, he'd take it as a no. That'd be the end of it, right? Silly, naive me. After work, I picked up my daughter and went home, and the guy shows up alone. Stupidly, I answered the door. He asked if we were still good with the car, and I just nodded like an idiot. He said then he'd have to go pick up his wife, and they'd be back with a trailer in a few hours. He mentioned that he told her he had to work late, but really got off early and was just killing time. Again, idiotically, I said okay, come back with your wife and shut the door. He did come back a few hours later with his wife, bought the car, and left again. After he left, my neighbor came over to let me know that the guy had been by when I was at work and had waited at my house, peeking through my windows, for a good 20 minutes before leaving. Finally, I called the police to file a report, but technically, nothing he did was illegal. The detective said most likely the guy wouldn't be a problem because I had pretty obviously shut down his offer. And he wasn't a problem again. But that weekend, I went and picked up my dog from my mom's house. That dog barked at everything and was very protective of us. Not me, but my buddy was trying to sell a fish tank. Some guy called about it, and my buddy offered that the buyer can come take a look at it at his apartment because he didn't feel like loading it up. The guy shows up, and it's a 65-plus-year-old man that seemingly doesn't take much interest in the actual fish tank, but rather kept making conversation about other stuff around my buddy's house, and eventually starts asking my buddy personal questions. Apparently, he seemed like a weirdo, but was nice enough. Eventually, my friend asked him if he wanted the fish tank or not. He's gotta go because he has to go to work. The guy says he doesn't even want a fish tank, but instead was just looking for companionship in disguise of looking at items for sale. My buddy said he felt sorry for him, but basically told him, hey, sorry man, but that's not cool blah 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 time to get the F out. Then the old man was like, you gay man? My buddy says, no, no I'm not, WTF. The old man then says that he should open his mind a little and not be so uptight, and that he, the old man, used to be gay 20 years ago, but stopped when he found out he had HIV, but decided he wanted to get back into the gay stuff. By now my buddy was super uncomfortable and flat out told the guy to get the F out now. Guy responds by saying, come on man, it's not transmitted if you use a condom. My buddy said leave now or I'm calling the cops and the guy finally walks out the door. As he's walking away, old guy is like, last chance man, you sure you don't want to at least try it? My buddy just slams the door shut. Guy leaves. That wasn't the end of it though. Guy kept calling my buddy, leaving weird messages, and even showed up at his house again a couple times while my buddy was at work, 
according to his neighbor. Finally, the old man stopped. I don't think my buddy ever called the cops, but was pretty creepy nonetheless. Not really horror, but got cheated badly one time and nearly cheated a few times. We had a baby and were quickly looking to buy a used car to take the baby to the doctor. Guy sold us a flood-damaged car. We took it to a mechanic, but on quick inspection he said everything was fine. I had so much trouble managing the baby and the car breaking down without notice so many times. Twice we were shown cars that were in several accidents, and because of us obsessively checking car history got saved. 70% of used car sales on Craigslist are fraud. Was looking for a car for the wife around $2,000. Great start. Went to the guy's house test, drove it one night, ran well enough for a 2001 Malibu. Went home, thought about it. Went back the next day and bought it. Stopped for gas. And the battery was dead. Luckily, there was an auto zone down the street. Got the new battery. The clamp and bolt holding the old battery was so rusty. It took nearly 30 minutes to figure out how to get it out. Forced the new one in and went home. About a week later, the head gasket goes out. We were able to get it to a mechanic and get it repaired. A $2,000 car turned into a 3D $800 cost. A bit over budget. I wanted to buy a 14-inch Samsung TV, so I called the person selling it. They described it just like the ad and the pictures. Everything seemed real, so I didn't mind going to their house. My brother came along with me. It's important to know that both of us are in good shape, and at that time he had a permit to carry a hidden gun. We used Apple Maps to navigate. As we drove, we ended up in a not-so-nice part of town. We stopped in front of a very old and run-down house where five big guys were outside, and two pit bulls inside were barking loudly. I like pit bulls, but it's still scary when they're not behaving well. I went up and said hello. They told me they needed to get the TV from their mom's house and suggested I stay there with their friend while they went. Even though it seemed strange, my brother and I stayed. Now there were four guys, not five. We waited outside and chatted with a friend who was pretty nice. About 40 minutes later, they came back. Two of the guys were acting very strangely. They had the TV hidden under a blanket when they took it out to plug it in and show me that it worked. I could clearly see it was a 32-inch Emerson TV that they had clearly taken from somewhere in a nicer area. The dogs were barking so loudly that I could hardly hear the TV. All five of them started blocking us from the door. Without thinking, I yelled, This isn't right. You said it was a Samsung. My brother and I quickly ran back to the car and drove away. My brother turned the car's engine louder and said, Great idea. Come too close, and there's another gun in the glove box. They started walking nearer to the car, and my brother quickly turned the car like in those fast and furious movies and sped away. I went straight to Best Buy and got a new TV. Forget that. Always meet in safe public places when buying or selling on Craigslist. That was really suspicious. I can't believe these kinds of criminals actually think they can or really do get away with stealing things and then selling them on Craigslist. People can't be that unaware, right?